You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is stuff. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What's good, everybody? This is Dave, aka Lurk, with Lamb Goat. I'm here with Alex, the Webby of LambGoat.com, and today we're sitting here with Franz from Attila. Hell yeah! How are you doing, man? I am doing yeah. well. It is a very special day because yesterday we released our brand new album. And yeah, now I'm here talking with you. You guys are actually the first people that I've spoken to since the album release. So this is nice. Dope. You're also collectively the first person we'll do a podcast with. So nice. (laughs) Cool. First all around. So I guess we'll just get into it. Uh, Like you just said, your new album just came out. You just dropped it. Uh, Fans you were talking about earlier, fans are pretty receptive to it. Um, So how do you how do you like the album thus far? I mean, obviously you put it out and. Yeah, How do you like I, the, uh, the... I love it, man. This is my favorite Attila album. And, you know, at this point of my career, I've been in Attila for 15 years now. We put out seven full-length albums. And generally speaking, we drop an album and everyone just talks shit and shits on us and hates it. And I get a lot of, like, fucked up things said to me. Um, yesterday, we dropped our newest album, Villain, and everybody fucking loves it i think that a lot has changed for attila and our career and a lot happened over the past couple years that kind of changed you know the sound i guess and the the lyrics and everything so i know that it's a little different for us but yeah pretty much the biggest difference for attila is that we're now officially unsigned fully independent we own our own compound in orlando florida we hand ship our own cds we hand ship our own merch we record yeah just as close as you possibly can don't knock my teeth out (laughs) that's how i make my money (laughs) this beautiful smile okay um compound in orlando i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt yeah we got a compound in orlando now so we're doing it big doing everything by ourselves we pay for all of our own recordings we pay for our own music videos we set up our own photo shoots it's a fully diy operation just done by the band and our team, our manager, you know, our employees, the people that help us. So it's cool because I always, I've been explaining to people, you know, when you're on a label, there's always a timeline. There's always a crunch like, hey, dude, you guys got to get in the studio in one month and record a full length. And we're like, well, shit, we, 
you know, we have like two or three songs. How the fuck are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you end up rushing and it's hard to rush creativity. It's hard to rush writing. So ever since we've been unsigned for the past, you know, year and a half, however long it's been, it's just refreshing because we got to take our time. We got to write this album over the span of a year, year and a half pick our our favorite songs like work with three different producers we got to really just do whatever the fuck we wanted with full freedom no timeline we could have dropped the album whenever like we could have dropped this album on christmas we could have dropped it on new year's you know everything was in our hands and it's just a really cool feeling so on top of that you know in the past um i don't know things were more smooth in all of our lives personally and everyone in my band was going through some like crazy shit over the past year. So we all had these crazy, crazy like feelings inside of us that got put into this album. So I think that lyrically the vibes are a lot different on villain than any other album. And it's really, really genuine for Attila. And I think people really respect that. And I think that's probably a large reason why the response has been so well. Um, The title of the, the album is villain does that have to do with like the things that you've been getting said to or that you say so the title villain stems from the it ultimately just stems from the fact that we've kind of always called our fans villains Mm -hmm. you know slipknot's got maggots and everyone else has like their name for their fans but we've always called our fans villains and it just felt like an appropriate time to use that name and you know I think sometimes me or the band just feels like we're like the villain in any scenario. You know, we're the bad guy. We're not the good guys. We're the bad guys for sure. Why do you think that is per se as far as like, because you said that um, you dropped the album and everyone loved it. I was curious as to say or to ask who loves it, like everyone or is it the collective fan base that you already have? Or or is it like branching out to newer fan bases, newer people that are finding your music? It's hard to tell so far because, you know, obviously day it's this is day two of the new album and you know most of the people listening to it initially are are built-in fans so it's hard to tell you know how far it's spread beyond that but I have seen a lot of people that have said comments along the lines of yeah like haven't listened to Attila in a long time blah 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 wasn't going to give this album a chance but I'm glad I did I listened to it and it's the best work you've ever created so I do think that you know this album is bringing people back to Attila, cool. you know, in a good way. Refresh my memory. You, your last album was, is that an artery deal? Our last album was chaos and it was through sharp tone. Sharp tone. That's right. So, um, you had fulfilled a contract, I assume. And were there other labels asking, did you have offers on the table and you just said, no, we still want to do it DIY or it was more like, there wasn't a, a lot out there that looked good to you. And you're just like, this is the only route we can go. I mean, essentially like, you know, we did one album with sharp tone. We were supposed to do like one more, I think, but things just got really shady. Um, things, just, <laughs> things just got really shady. The deal kind of fell apart. It was trying to be cut down, cut down. Um, you know, there were like lies and, you know, manipulation lies in the music industry. That's <laughs> unheard of. So <laughs> now, yeah. Ultimate, sharp tone. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Ultimately shit just hit the fan and it was like, Hey, look, we're really like self-sufficient and independent. It would just be better for us to be by ourselves. So 
So what have you missed, uh, if anything, out of you know not having a label this time around? Obviously, that affords you a lot of freedom, but I assume there's stuff that the label does, albeit you have to pay for, but does that makes your life easier, whether that's promoting the liquid metal, you know, whatever bullshit that entails, or um, I don't even know. You guys did, I'm, you did a limited pressing of CDs, I guess? Yeah, so for Villain, we just printed 1,000 physical copies, and that's it. Like, there's going to be no more. So For CDs or? Yeah, for physical cool. CDs. But we're doing a lot of vinyls and other cool shit. But um, I don't, honestly, there's nothing personally that I miss about being on a label. I mean, occasionally a label will have, like, a really good press uh, team that will get you, you know, insane amounts of publicity and this and that. But I don't even know sometimes if that shit makes a huge difference. Like, for especially for Attila, because we just have our own built-in fan base and our fan base is so fucking loyal that it's just like, I don't even know if it makes a fucking difference to have like some, you know, random publicity from some random people in Belgium. I don't know. You yeah. Know what I mean, you're probably right. It's probably a lot of mo- money down the toilet. Once you have that fan base that you guys have, you can sort of just roll with it. Yeah, exactly. So there's not really uh, anything I don't miss. It's, it's all chill being independent. I love it for us. Yeah, I'll bet. You guys still rolling in the tour bus, right? Yeah, of course. Big pimpin'. <laughs> Big um, pimpin' out here. <laughs> so you, you went DIY this, this time around. Um, outside of like what you just stated, what do you like about being do-it-yourself? Because obviously you get to keep all the money that comes in that as a, as a collective, not just you. But, um, I mean, it affords you, like he said, like Alex said, a bunch of freedoms and stuff like that. So was that... Did that help the writing process, obviously, like going forward? Because you weren't rushed. You didn't have to have everything done in a month. You had, yeah. you know, you could go at your own pace. And does that also change the style of music that you guys were making? Um, you know, you didn't have to impress anybody other than yourselves and, and collectively exactly. your fan base. But, you know, like how has, gone, how has going do-it-yourself kind of benefits, benefited you more so than just the label? Well, like all the things you just mentioned, the (laughs) biggest thing, (laughs) you kind of went over most of it, but just having like complete total freedom, like we can do anything. We can write a song tomorrow, record it tomorrow in the studio and release it that night. That's shit you can't do with a label because they're going to want to go through the motions, approve it, like maybe they want to say in it. You know, typically in the past, most labels just have to Attila have just been like, yeah, you guys have your own niche. You're, you know what you're doing. You're doing whatever you're doing is working. So they're not usually very hands-on with the sound of the music. I think for chaos, they were a little hands-on, um, more so than usual. And I don't know. We're just back to back to fucking normal old do whatever the fuck we want Attila. You know, it's just, we write music when we feel creative. We write about whatever we want to write about and we write whatever style song we want. You know, the new album has two of the heaviest tracks we ever wrote, which are tracks one and two. And the album also has, you know, tracks like subhuman and bad habits, which are very catchy songs with choruses. And, you know, they're just very unique standout songs. So it's, we did whatever the fuck we wanted. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels good. And people respect that. That's dope. They can feel it. Um, you guys started out in the early 2000s, like 2004, 2005 or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has the sound of your band gone? Because I've, I've checked out a couple of your older records today because 
honestly, I wasn't super into Attila, and I also like left hardcore metal for a brief minute at a time. And when I came back, you guys were already kind of uh, pretty big, I would say, for that yeah. kind of genre. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as like, how did Atlanta in that surrounding area form your musical taste? Because obviously, you have other bands that are from that area mm-hmm. within that genre, within the subgenres of hard music. So, um, from your 2000 and do you have a 2008 release? Uh, I think so. 2008, I believe, was... Um, I think that's the earliest one on Spotify. Soundtrack that I to a Party, I yeah, believe. That's yeah, that's it. 2008. Uh, so from that to this current album, the sounds are completely almost different. Yeah. Uh, so how has that affected? Has moving affected it or just, you know, being in the scene that long? I think just part of being a human is you grow and change, you know. I think that Attila's always had the same kind of core sound and belief and... You know, we've been writing with the same members for such a long time that it is going to have a lot of similarities. And obviously with me being the voice of the band, my voice is, you know, still in every album. So I don't know. I think starting off in Atlanta had a huge influence on us because we were heavily influenced by rap and hip hop because when I was a kid, there wasn't spotify apple music youtube like none of that shit if you wanted to listen to music you listen to the radio and you better have your tape every radio station already to record it yeah exactly every radio station in atlanta played rap and that's just how it is so it's you either loved it or hated it and i loved it everyone in my band loved it you know we would be listening to you know lil john and outcast and then be listening to pantera back to back like that's the music we liked And I think ultimately that had an influence on the music we created because we always liked the vibes of hip hop and rap, but we liked the intensity of heavy metal. So ultimately that created Attila. I find when I, because I also started, I was in a band around the same time you guys started uh, back in the day. No one important, doesn't matter. But um, I always found that there were a lot of similarities in like the hardcore scene, so to speak, like there are in like hip hop. You mm-hmm. know, especially back then, that was like the birth of grills and everyone had like a grill in their house. Yeah. So even in the hardcore scene, people had grills and, you know, bling technically. So it's kind of crazy to see that those two um, genres kind of resemble, you know, each other a lot just for different. I hate to say races, but, you know, for different yeah. groups of people. But because at first are, it wasn't so chill. Like at first it wasn't so chill. Like the rap people weren't like wearing, you know, studded jackets and like leather and shit. And like mm-hmm. the rock people weren't wearing chains and shit. It was very separated. And then I think, you know, I don't even know what the turning point was, but at some point, you know, in the late 2000s, early 2010s or whatever, maybe it started just kind of blending where you've got these rappers wearing skinny jeans and fucking, you know, rock and roll jackets. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got these people like me all of a sudden wearing, you know, fucking grills and bling and shit, you know, <laughs> in, in the metal scene. And, you know, it was definitely like a weird period for people to grasp. But now it's just like, dude, I look at these shows and like you can't even tell half the time if you just looked at the crowd, if you're at a rap show or if you're at a metal show. It's just kind of like both styles are kind of blending and people are accepting that hey, it's cool to like, you know, trap music and hip hop and rap. And it's cool to like metal too. Like it's all fucking cool. Just be yeah. cool. Yeah, they definitely are. All, all those genres are becoming bigger and bigger, probably more so because of the internet and people finding stuff a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, definitely, that's definitely And it's cool. becoming less like clicky too. You know, I feel like personally it's yeah. kind of all blending and 
people yeah. are going every direction like like a lot of rappers would be doing what you would call like emo music yeah. you know like like uh, yeah, juice exactly. world and stuff like that would that kind of be shit's emo, becoming huge emo rap but it is like the biggest thing yeah, yeah so it's cool to see like different people getting into different things and it's cool to see the scene i keep calling it the scene but grow because before it was very limited when I was younger and in a kid and Agreed. As, as everyone else was. So it's cool to see it grow and be bigger. Um, you guys. So with that. Go, so ahead, sorry, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. I'll just. Your, your random question. Atlanta, your paths ever crossed with Mastodon? Because it's like no. you guys are so different. But, you know, you're both part of the, I guess, loosely we're part of the Atlanta you know, metal scene. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I obviously don't know anything about Atlanta, but I'm just wondering if you, I do dig Mastodon. I'm just curious if you, uh, you know, when you were younger, if you ever, you know, checked them out or a fan, whatever. Yeah, not not so much. We never really crossed paths with them much. The bands we probably crossed paths with the most that were Atlanta natives would be Norma Jean and The Chariot. Dope. I was going to ask that. So. I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, those, those were the bands we had more interactions with, you know. Now you you're the only you're the remaining original member, right? Am I wrong about that? No, you're correct. There were like, there were like a bunch of dudes who left in 2008ish. Yeah, I'm the only like day one from like I started Attila when I was 14, freshman in high school, <laughs> 2004. You know, on I'm still here. I'm the day one, but you know, Chris, our guitarist, has been in the band since you know fucking. 2008 pretty much so he's you know yeah. he's considered like a day one anyways so whatever whatever happened to sean the drummer because i never really heard i knew he left the band but i never really heard anything about it and i do remember people being like you know he was another original member there must have been some crazy backstory to that departure <laughs> yeah i mean to be honest the story isn't really that crazy sean was an original <laughs> since day one the story's not really, you know, fucking that wild or crazy. It was just, um, you know, we were progressing. The drums were getting a little more complicated. And, you know, musically, he wasn't really, like, keeping up with, you know, the direction we were going with. But it was a very, you know, we're super respectful and, you know, professional cool. about how we handle our shit. So we didn't really want to, like make a huge deal about it you know we uh we gave him like severance pay and paid him a salary for a year and like after the split nice. and you know we we did everything like really respectfully i feel like and he's happy now you know he's got a wife and shit like doing his own thing so i don't know i didn't even know there was severance pay in the uh no the, there's the not <laughs> no fuck no dude no band in the world would do that but we're just different you know we uh we would never want to leave anyone high and dry and you know He's still like a brother to us, so we didn't want to like be those fucking assholes. We're a lot nicer than people think. So yeah, no, Severance <laughs> Pay does not exist in metalcore. We're probably the only band that's ever done that. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I've ever heard of that. And I was thinking like, damn, I wish I would have gotten that. If yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. ever gotten fired from. My yeah, band. really. No, we're just we're which just reminds me because <laughs> you would you know you obviously have a limited amount of CDs and you probably uh, answer this question for me. Spotify, mm -hmm. do you make a freaking dime from that or what? We do collectively. Because I've heard stories, you know, you get two million streams and you've earned three dollars. Yeah, I mean, you don't really make a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's no joke. You don't make a lot in terms of like payout. Apple Music definitely pays more than Spotify. Um, 
Interesting. Yeah, Apple Music pays you more than Spotify does, but you just have to view it as a collective. You know, like if you're like, let's say you're in a new band, you know, you put your full length out on Spotify and Apple Music, you're not really going to see like shit for a long, long, long time. But how did you see shit from the labels? Like back when, you know, you were selling 20 or 30 or 40, 50,000 CDs. Or was that they're just putting it right back in, you know, that's your. Um, I mean, now, uh, now I we see money terms. from all of it, but it was just kind of like a thing where, you know, you never really expe- like you never really expected to make money from music. Like I kind of knew from the beginning, like if I'm going to make money, it's going to be from clothes Outside. or physical items or like other sources besides music. But um, I mean, now it's at a point to where every album we've ever released pretty much is fully recouped. You know, the label takes their cut their percentage and then they use our cut to repay you know the music videos the marketing this and that right but at this point of our career you know we've got these seven albums out that are all fully recouped so you know when it comes to streaming and apple music and spotify it adds up you know and every yeah every you know six months i think it's bi-annually you know i just unexpectedly get a check in the mail and i open it up and smile there you and go. that's that's it it's fucking tight no, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's how Jerry Seinfeld is with those <laughs> Seinfeld residuals. It's just his checks are like, you know, eight eight billion dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, not quite on that level. Far 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 much bigger than any metal core. <laughs> That'd be can, sick though. Make. I'm not Seinfeld though. <laughs> um what the hell was I gonna say? I don't want to cut. Uh no, no. Um so this album I know everybody says this. This is your best album to date. Like, does that ever get cliche when you hear a band say, well, I mean, I, I know you're in a band, but for me, every time I hear an artist say, this is definitely our best album to date. It's just you roll your eyes and you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm guessing from the thing, things I've read, you say um, you really passionately believe this shit is your best. Yeah, and I think the... I was going to finish the sentence. Best okay. to date. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean i do and i think the proof is in the pudding you know because i mean just like scroll through our youtube comments and shit you know and people are not really hating as much as they used to it's fucking weird like it's kind of scary like i want people to just fucking rip my ass apart and people aren't and i think it's just I don't know. Maybe it's just getting like old to hate Attila now. And maybe it's <laughs> maybe like yeah. maybe it's just old news. Cause it's like, okay, we've been hating on Attila for like 10 fucking years and they're still here and they're still fucking killing it. So it, now the it's cool just, thing is to, the cool thing is to hate on code orange now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're fucking winning Grammys and shit. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of getting that, nominated. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. That was something down the road in this list of stuff. But now that we've, that's a good segue. Uh, how do you guys like you, Alex, as well? Because I know you were you posted about the High on Fire winning the um, the Grammy. How do you guys feel about like any kind of like metal genre, hardcore genre, being in the Grammy award show in general? I think it's cool as shit, man. Anything to make metal bigger should be accepted and welcomed. You know, I don't think I genuinely don't think any motherfucker plays metal to like get super famous and to get on the Grammys and whatever. So when shit like that happens, I think people should just embrace it. Like, you know, speaking on behalf of myself and the band and anyone I know that still actually plays heavy fucking music, 
we're not doing it to be like mega rich or fucking you know famous and like win awards we're just doing it because we like this music Mm -hmm. you know i could be doing anything in the world right now i don't even need to be playing fucking music to be honest i can just retire or quit but i fucking love it like nothing compares to just seeing people beat the shit out of each other like in a mosh pit (laughs) that just it's like a drug you can't get anywhere else you know i can just so when you're 50 when you're 50 where are you gonna get that adrenaline rush you think (sighs) fucking more fast cars meth and heroin dude i'll give it to you (laughs) (laughs) no i don't i don't even really truly no, probably yeah, probably just like going to a racetrack or doing like fucked up shit. I guess I don't know. I don't know how you can compare to that rush, man. How long are you gonna ride? Because uh, he was saying fifty years old. How long do you think you'll be able to ride the Attila train? You know, doing the same. I don't know. Man. I don't want to say the same type of music, but just it's hard to put an terrain. expiration date on it. It really just depends for me. Like, if there's a demand, if there's an audience, if there's people listening, I'll just keep going forever. You know, I feel good. I feel healthy, like everything is good. We all feel great. We love doing it, and me and my band are super, super close, so there's no, you know, feud or arguments ever. It's really a big fucking family, so I don't see anything changing anytime soon, and, you know, if there comes a point where we're just, like, old as shit and don't want to tour, then I guess, you know, we'll tour less, but I don't think we're ever going away because we just, we all like it. Well, that's cool. I hope you guys keep playing metalcore too. I want to see like you know some seventy-year-old yeah. dudes, like <laughs> the first the first senior citizen metalcore band or something. Yeah, I mean the the more time that goes on, I mean fucking the Rolling Stones are oh, hundred years old and they're still out there rocking. That's true. Stuff, you know that's what I mean? True. Going but they're not old, playing metalcore, man. Yeah, but they were yeah. playing heavy shit for their time frame, if you want to call that's it true. that. That's true. But I mean, it's all relative. Yeah, nowadays we'll have. Uh, people our age and older will still be into the same shit we were into as kids. So, you know, our old, our old, uh, oldie station on the radio may be like a hardcore metal station or something. Oh, that'd be know. fucking <laughs> sick, dude. Yeah. I mean, just, th- just think about this, man. Attila has been a band for 15 fucking years. You know how many bands have formed, started, broken up within those 15 <laughs> years? Like thousands, dude. I've seen so many fucking bands form out of nowhere blow up they get bigger than attila a year later they're fucking gone well guess what 15 years later we're still fucking here like why not keep it rolling we, we know what we're doing we're yeah you know we're not like the flavor of the day or flavor of the year we're still fucking here man <laughs> even if you even if you don't like Attila, i think you can respect that you guys are you know still doing your shit we're did, did uh billy joe billy joe's lawyers ever come after you for the, uh, the attila <laughs> no 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 they didn't yo thank goodness <laughs> so when you actually i think he wanted to like distance himself from that whole band i'm like a, i'm a big billy joel fan like on nice. the side so uh, i forget whatever it was that i learned that he had a band called the tell i was like whoa that's fucked up and it was like some noise shit but i later read he like didn't want anybody to even know about it so i guess that worked to which your billy joel anyway. are you talking about like the billy, billy joel, joel bro like ring the, ring. the only Billy Joel, okay. man. I don't, I'm just like, he had a band called Attila. The Piano Man. Noise core band called yeah. Attila, what? <laughs> well, no, it wasn't Noise core. It was like, an, uh, it was he and another guy. This was like, Some probably like 1970. It was kind of like, uh, you know, for that time period, I think it was avant-garde, noisy rock okay. stuff. But, I mean, literally, they took the Attila thing, like, um, you know, all the way with like Attila the Hun, like, get up and shit. Oh, so <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> really, a little cheesy 
It's like war, but with the yeah, the no, hands. yeah, absolutely, yeah. Sorry, I just had to bring up Billy Joel. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> no, it's cool. It ain't even that deep because like I didn't even know that it existed until like many years later after we formed. But it wasn't even that crazy of a story. Like someone was in a bookstore when we were trying to figure out a band name. Saw a book about Attila. Was like, yo, you want to name the band Attila? I was like, sure, fuck yeah, because every band in two thousand four, two thousand four, had death bleeding (laughs) dying like one of those in their name and i was like yeah fuck all that shit like i'm not doing a death bleeding dying or the whole uh verb the noun thing exactly that was like the thing and i was just like look we're not doing any of that shit let's just figure out a word something and i was like the fuck is attila and then i just looked it up i was like oh this dude was crazy like he conquered rome like killed a shitload of people like massacred shit i was like cool down Attila, (laughs) done it makes sense instead of how many times People misspell that shit, though. Two L's, one T. Every day, man. And a lot of them are, like, actually huge fans. And, you know, I don't give a fuck. Like, misspell our name. The best part about it is we have it in our contract that if you misspell our name on the marquee, you owe us $1,000. So, you know, every tour, it's like an extra 15 grand. Pretty nice. (laughs) It's spelled, but it's spelled differently than Attila the Hun, right? No, it's spelled the same. No, oh, okay. I thought Attila had two L's. And they know it's in the contract. Okay. Like, no, it's two T's. Don't misspell our I don't even name. care about fans misspelling it. I just chuckle when I see, uh, <laughs> you know, actual publications, like, still not get it right. Oh, yeah. It's really not that hard. Like, A-T-T-I-L-A. Like, do your research, bro. Dyslexia is the same. <laughs> you know, typos. Typos. They might be updating on their phone or something. You never know. So you, I've you, had enough enough typos. Oh, I'm king of it, too. <laughs> you're, you're 15 years into the game as Attila, did you ever see that? happening when you were starting out and like you know you're a freshman in high school all of a sudden you're like ah let's start a band i would say that i was very very like dedicated and passionate you know and i never had a backup plan so for me starting the band and doing attila was never like oh i'm gonna see if it works and i'm gonna have a backup plan to become a doctor or something like that it was just like i love heavy music i love this band i want to tour the world with my friends and get fucking drunk and do weird shit every day and that's it yeah and i'm gonna do this forever and i always just told my band i'm like look as long as we're making forward progress every year it doesn't matter if we just got like one percent bigger i don't care it's like as long as we're making forward progress we're having fun and we're traveling let's do this forever yeah and so i never had a backup plan never had plans to do anything else ever I think the only change is really just, you know, reached a point in my life where I was like, hey, like, I have to take care of my kids and my family and, like, I need extra income and I'm smart and I need to figure out, you know, a way to be an actual provider and do the right thing. And, you know, that's when I started Stay Sick Clothing and a few years later started Stay Sick Recordings, my record label, and just started like progressing and like dipping my hands in, you know, whether it's like social media marketing or any anything else that I've ever been a part of just to kind of expand. Because I never wanted to rely on, you know, Attila for money. I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like I always tell people, you know, when I started the band at 14, we never saw a fucking penny until I was probably like 20 or yeah. something maybe. So it's like six years of doing something just because I purely loved it. And then one fucking day we're on tour and you know, some dude hand like our tour manager at the time hands me an envelope with money. And I looked at him, I said, what the fuck is this? And he goes, you guys 
have extra paid? leftover money. I'm like, nah. I was like, you don't make money from music. Why are you giving me money? He's like, no, legitimately. Like, you guys did good at merch. There's extra money. I was like, holy shit. And I don't even think I opened a bank account until I was like 21 or 22 because I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what do you do? Like, what? Like, what? Like, how do you, I had to learn how to be an adult and be like, all right, I guess I'm going to open a fucking bank. This is fucking weird. Like, why am I making money? I just yeah, that reminds me. <laughs> As you know, I like to read books in Barnes and Noble, uh, like music books and shit. And I, I remember reading the uh, that Duff McKagan biography, the dude from Guns N' Roses, and he's like, the first big check I ever got was like, um, forget what he said, it was like eighty thousand dollars, you know, and oh, a wow. check. And the accountant's just like, there's going to be, you know, this was when an appetite for destruction was blowing up. He's just like. You better buy a house or two because there's going to be coming like a lot more money coming down the pike in just a few months, and you need to like put this shit somewhere. Oh shit! But I remember reading that like, oh shit, that must be fucking pretty awesome. That's a different, you know, yeah, things that never right. happen to normal people. Oh yeah, no, that's a whole different ball game. Like I'm talking like in the beginning, like I got like an envelope with like maybe like 150 or 200. Yeah, bucks no, I hear I shit you. My it's pants. all relative. I shit my pants. I, I, I was like, holy shit, 200 dollars. <laughs> all singles. All singles. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah, stripper money. Yeah. Um, but I'm guessing you make more from you probably make more from your clothes than Attila because I'm guessing like apparel's pretty lucrative. Yeah, yeah, I do, and it wasn't it wasn't always like a thing like that, you know, like when I. I always tell people, ooh, little buzz. Um, the first couple years of Stay Sick Clothing, I didn't really make shit, but just like same as with Attila and the way I've viewed any venture I do is that you have to do it because you actually want to do it and because you actually like it, not to try to get a paycheck because the money comes later. So don't worry about the money. Just if at fo- all. focus on the goal. So, you know, the, well, yeah. the first two years of Stay Sick, I didn't make shit and then you know year three it started coming in and i was like oh fuck yeah this is cool like people see the vision sorry burp they like the clothes they like what i'm doing you know and then it it picked up and it became you know its own lifestyle brand and it's still crushing it to this day here in 2019 which is nice i i enjoy it you know i always tell people you know, you can illegally download an album. You can't illegally download a T-shirt. So, it's oh yeah, it's pretty black and white. And if you're not being, you know, whether you're a band or a clothing line, if you're not being creative with your merchandise and your marketing behind the merchandise, then you're not going to make as much money as other people. It's just yeah. you know, like like you said earlier, Spotify and Apple Music are paying pennies. Like you can listen to my album twenty times in a row. I'm going to make 0.01 cent, you know, you're not really like, like feeding my kids or like paying my bills from that. It's just, you know, there's other things that benefit bands more. So it's, it's, it's a huge thing, man. If you like, I would say to any listener out there, if you support a band, if you support an artist and you truly want to help them buy a fucking t-shirt, like buy a hoodie because the band will see, you know, five ten fifteen twenty dollars from that one single purchase and that's actually makes a huge fucking difference Mm -hmm. so that's yeah you know keeps keeps the band on the the road one of the things i always i always dug about you know what i i follow you on twitter or wherever but it just seems like you're a constant hustler and that's pretty awesome it doesn't matter like 
where the fucking, you know, how you're feeding your kids or wherever. It just seems like you got so much shit going on and you must not sleep a lot. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, I sleep a little, but I've grown accustomed to just like thriving off of like four to six hours of sleep. Like it's not a big deal. You only need about four hours of sleep technically per night. Yeah, it's all good, man. That's why they make, you know, coffee and espresso and monster energy drinks. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, well, why didn't? Uh, Go ahead. Just an obvious question that someone might have. Why didn't um, Stay Sick Recordings put out the Attila album? So if you want me to get technical, um, we used the Stay Sick Recordings distribution. So we we utilized all of my resources, but it's still technically a self-release. I got you. Ever since my record, like about a year ago, my record label got um, our first major distro deal through InGrooves. And now our resources are just through the roof with what we can do for our bands. And it's just crazy, man. Ever since me and my partner, Mike Milford, opened up our compound where we're in the office every morning, several hours a day, most of the time, seven days a week. We literally worked on Christmas and New Year's just because we love it. We don't we don't give a shit. We're just happy to be there, happy to be talking with our bands and like helping them. And now Mike was Mike was part of Artery before, wasn't he? Yeah. So my memory. Yeah. 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 The history of Mike Milford. He was the singer of Scars of Tomorrow and he went on to work for Artery as part of the management team. He's been managing Attila since fucking 2009, maybe like pretty much he's like our day one dude, like the one dude that we can trust with our lives. And We've been with him forever, and he worked for Artery Recordings. He got severely fucked over by them, and it's honestly really fucking shitty. And he's a really good dude, so he did not deserve what happened to him. And me and him have been pretty much best friends forever, so when the idea came to be like, hey, he has all the skills necessary to run a record label. I have this major platform and you know, internet marketing skills. Let's combine forces and be partners on a, on the next big record label for metal and hardcore. And we did it. And at first we were partnered with equal vision, which is, you know, one of my favorite labels from back in the day. Yeah, And then they put out some cool shit. Yeah. And then we grinded, 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 became like a fully independent label, just doing our own thing got our distro deal and then we bought out eulogy which is fucking mind-blowing to me dude yeah i wanted to ask you about that that was like one of the iconic uh you know the early 2000s you had trust kill ferret eulogy dude um so so what is the what is I'm the speechless. you own eulogy now or are you what's what's the arrangement stay, stay, stay yeah yeah, my record label bought Eulogy. Dope. we bought the whole fucking label. so wiley sold sold it all um, yeah, yeah. And it's like, we're like, we're still close with him and it's all good. It's just like, we, you know, there was an opportunity on the table to kind of take over this whole catalog and we have, you know, just like more of a modern vision for music. And, you know, some of those releases weren't on Spotify, they weren't on YouTube and stuff. And we kind of used everything we have to like bring like a breath of fresh air to some of, in my opinion, like the greatest releases and 
metal and hardcore like my favorite band growing up was the warriors and it's just like (laughs) holy shit like now the warriors are on my fucking label like i i have these releases that were so important to me so you own the you own the rights to those warriors albums is that what it is then not not the publishing but the copyright i guess yeah i do the warriors um you know kids like us evergreen Evergreen terrace barrier dead Um, broken wings set your goals so many set your goals so many and those bands were just so crucial to me growing up as a teenager those were my fucking favorites so when that opportunity came to the table, I was just like floored, like with excitement and really fucking happy. So that was a huge moment for the label. And then ever since then, we're just working our fucking asses off. Like this is, you know, if people ask me like what my number one main passion project is right now, it's the record label because there's just, just on two, two bands uh, you announced last week, right? Yeah, we announced two bands last week, Dead Crown and Born Anew, and both of them are really fucking cool. And uh, before that, we announced Dealer, which Dealer is a dope fucking band from Australia. I think they're going to be the next big Australian band, hands down. They're so fucking pissed. Like The song Crooked that we released, the first single from, from their album, is just... I don't know. I've never felt more like anger and hatred in my life than when I listen to that song. Like I'm scared <laughs> for anyone around me because I just want to. I just want to punch shit when I hear that. Like when there you go, Dave. Edit, edit in crooked in the video so do. they can hear. A few yeah, seconds of that. literally, you have. Do we have to the right crooked. Can we can we use it? Yeah. Okay. Use, <laughs> sure. now use we have crooked permission. by Dealer. Like first of all, the band's called fucking Dealer. Like that's hard body as shit. Like they're called Dealer. <laughs> But it's just drug dealer, car dealer. Who knows? Car dealer. Who fucking knows? But death dealer. Death dealer. Yeah, seriously. But the the song is so <laughs> fucking hard. Like the breakdown at the end, when they come to Orlando or whenever I get to finally see them at a show, I'm punching everyone in the fucking building. Like, no questions asked. Like I'm so <laughs> fucking ready. Do they take after like Parkway? Because Parkway is the biggest thing to come out of. No, they don't. Australia they're since, uh, they're ACPC. pissed, dude. Like Parkway. Parkway is like. I don't know. Parkway is like Taylor Swift compared to Dealer. Dealer's pissed. Okay. <laughs> Early Parkway was my shit. I don't know about the new Parkway. The new Parkway is not my shit. But yeah, I don't know either. Um, but yeah, the more pissed off, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I want to kind of touch base on. You keep mentioning the compound, and mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out when to do the interview, like where you were at, and it would be better if. Because I remember hearing that you lived in Orlando. Yeah. But then, you know, the band's from from Atlanta. So you mentioned that you moved everybody to Orlando. <clears throat> so uh, the compound, is it like a compound or is it just like you all live on a cul-de-sac, cul-de-sac or? Oh, no, no, no. So we we all have our own like separate like houses and shit that we live in. But we actually like just bought a compound that contains a really giant office space where we have, you know, four desks in there for me and Mike and two of our employees. We have a giant merch room where we ship out all the merch and CDs for the bands on our label, as well as all of Attila's merch, CDs, vinyl. Then we have a big storage space where we store all, all of Attila's gear, you know, touring gear, etc. like all the shit we own. And then we have an actual recording studio in there that my bass player, Kalen, runs. And He's going to start recording bands, you know, full time when he's off from tour as well. So any bands out there That's that awesome. want a really dope quality recording. Orlando, dog. 
come to Orlando, record with my bass player. I want a compound. And he'll make you sound pissed. I got a fucking basement. Hey, we don't have it's basements, nice. though, here in Florida, bro. So you have that. It's well, nice. yeah, they'll, they'll flood out. Yeah, we don't have basements here. But... <laughs> but yeah, when you were saying compound, I was thinking like Mike Busey's compound over there and having like weird juggalo parties or something like that, you know? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's more business and work, you know? It's, you know, we, we party in there. Don't get me wrong, but it's... <laughs> uh Juggalo. That reminds me. You guys, <laughs> toured, you guys toured with ITP, right? We sure did. Oh, my Mike, goodness. What What was that like? fucking amazing dude juggalos are crazy bro that whole in, in scene a good is, way yeah that, that scene is insane we we talked about it me and alex talked about it briefly not related to attila but we were just talking about juggalos and how like insane that fan base has gotten over the last 20 30 years almost 30 years uh without any mainstream help whatsoever you know they're just like that's a complete underground situation regardless of if you hate that shit which yeah. a lot of people do but it, you got to respect the shit out of it too. Oh yeah. You got to respect the hustle. Um, violent J and shaggy Two dope. They've literally created a whole entire fucking culture and they've been doing this shit since before I was born, dude. Like I was born in 89 and I think they were fucking touring then. So they're just like created this fucking empire, created this culture and they're still killing it, dude. They roll around with two, full-size buses and a fucking semi-truck they pop open the semi and it's filled to the Fago. Fago. like are you kidding me like how do you not respect that that's cool as shit dude like do you think how they- do those dudes walk around like with paint do they like wake up in the morning and get their faces painted or what do you ever see them without their their get up yeah yeah, yeah. i see them without their get up and i don't think it's like a huge fucking deal like they they go out to concerts they go to shows like they're regular people and You'll see them without the makeup. You might not recognize them, but they'll... Yeah, they're yeah, like, hey, yeah. that's Guy Fieri. Yeah. <laughs> no, they they, <laughs> they fuck around without the makeup, but yeah, they, they do their thing every night. They get done up, and, you know, they're they're true fucking juggalos. Like, homie eats, like, Chef Boyardee and, like, crushes up Cheetos in it, and that's, like, what he eats every day and, like, chugs it down with some Fago, and, like, they're, they're just real as fuck, dude. Like, that's some jail food right there. Dude, they're so fucking about it, and it's sick, man. They're nice. They did nothing but show us respect and we're happy to have us out and their fans are fucking wild dude like we saw some wild shit like we were jumping on cop cars with them and fucking i would think i would think your average icp fan um would be down with attila like seriously yeah i think i mean i could probably speak I don't. I'm not a juggalo by any means, but I have friends that are growing <laughs> juggalo up. by day. Yeah, uh, by night. Show me your hatchet man tattoo. I, dude. I can't. It's, <laughs> un, it's in my uh, on my lower half now. Oh, but okay. uh, no, I, I had friends that grew up in that juggalo scene and shit like that. So they have kind of transferred out of that kind of genre into the more heavier. And I hate calling it rap based music, but it technically is rap based music. I mean, you have like bands like Immur and other things like that 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 borrow heavy from like the hip hop hip hop culture as such as Attila too but yeah, yeah. um yeah bone crew yeah let's get, I was I was just about bone to bring that up too fucking we crew trap uh that's a trap metal band go ahead and explain to everybody what that would be if you're there unfamiliar with it and is it trap with a v or an a <laughs> no i do a i don't do the weird <laughs> vowel shit Honestly, like not not knocking on anyone, but I think that that trend's done. So if you're starting a band and you're gonna like f- take all your vowels out or like flip the shit, like just stop. 
because it might be cool yeah. right now, or maybe it was cool last year, but like Total it's fire. not even cool now. It's not, dude. Like, it's about it's cut, like having death or like, die or, or yeah, something dude. in your name. Yeah, that that shit is going away. So stop, stop with the weird vowel shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So bo- Bone Crew, trap metal. It was a vision I had a few years ago where I said, "Hey, I want to combine like." The- <laughs> Burp. All right. Cool. Same, same. I wanted to combine like the heaviest of fucking like slam metal, groovy slam metal with like gangster fucking trap music and trap beats. And I just basically said, hey, this is a crazy idea and it's either going to be a hit or people are just going to fucking hate it. Either way, I'm going to do it. But if I'm going to do it right, I need to have a real fucking rapper. I'm not going to sit here and try to do like white boy rap over this project. I want to just lay down the fucking screams, do what I know, which is heavy metal. I want to create the music, be heavily involved and hands on with the project. And exactly like it's my vision. I want to make this happen. This is me, but I want to have a real fucking rapper that can tear it up. So long story short, it was warp tour 2000, I don't know, 15 or something. And Amity Affliction was like, hey, we want to introduce you to our friend who's a rapper. He goes by Du Boy J. And they introduced me to him. And this dude was just, we instantly clicked. Like, this dude's just cool as shit. Like, the fucking homie. Everyone that meets this dude loves him. And then he pops up on the Attila bus. We all become close friends. And all of a sudden, he's playing us his music. And this dude is just solid. Like, you can tell he's super, super passionate about rap loves what he's doing but he also like fucks with the metal scene so everything kind of clicked you know uh throwback like a year in advance or two years in advance and i'm like hey i want to do this trap metal project so he was the first person that came in mind i hit him up he's from detroit i was like yo i'm doing a trap metal project really heavy fucked up music with you know lots of rap and trap and hip-hop in it do you want to be in the project with me just 100% down. I started sending him tracks and he would record the next day, just 100% dedicated. And yeah, so we worked on the project for probably a full fucking year. Really took our time and made the initial EP, the Bone Crew EP, and launched it. And I swear it was the craziest thing. So first of all, I didn't really like tease the project a whole bunch like people usually do. Usually people are like, three four or five months out like putting out songs singles i didn't even talk about the project at all i wanted to keep it a secret i wanted to just like hit the world with a bomb so a like a day or two before i released the project i dropped the first single and music video and then a couple days later boom the ep comes out 24 hours after the ep came out someone hits me up and is like dude they're playing bone crew on xm radio I was like, no, I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, I, I fucking heard it on there. I was like, whoa, that's yeah. I was like, no fucking way. This is not true. Like, they're not playing Bone Crew. Like, I just released this project. I was like, how could that be possible? Like, Attila's been a band for like 14 fucking years now, and we've never been on XM. Like, how the fuck is Bone Crew, my new project, on XM radio a day after the release? Sure enough, I look at my Twitter and it's just everyone freaking out about Bone Crew on XM Radio. And I was like, wow, this is real. And then next thing you know, like Jose Mangan is just tweeting about like 
how fucking he loves Bone Crew and everyone's freaking out about it. And Jose did it. Yeah, yeah, and that's mad respectful, and I'm super thankful that he did that. And next thing you know, we're in regular rotation on XM Radio for like two months or so, just getting played, you know, ten times a day on XM, which is just the coolest shit ever because I've never had anything like that before. So I'm just glad that people fucked with it. And I could tell, like, just looking at social media and, like, seeing people's responses, like, like, yo, what the fuck was that? crazy like trap metal shit i love it like i never heard anything like that like all these like random you know strangers that have no fucking clue who i am who attila is who bone crew is are like really stoked about this project so long story short it's been doing really well but we only have five songs so right now we're working on the full length album i would say we're you know 80 percent complete with the music we have a whole lot of shit um and it's just kind of getting to the stage where I need to like organize everything, consolidate, do the final vocals, like figure out guest vocalists. Cause I want to get like a lot of real rappers involved with this project and kind of expand and then go from there. You know, I want to release a full length and do a world tour and just, you know, I fucking love it. I think the music is cool as shit. So I want to keep doing it and see where, you know, it could take me. It's definitely a little bit more accessible to the world than Attila because obviously the world is more like rap and EDM oriented right now. So, but we'll, we'll see, man. So far the response has been really good and people love it. So I'm excited to finally put out a full length album, uh, hopefully this summer and see where it goes. Yeah. I was going to say like, um, it's not the same thing, but it's within the same ballpark as Attila. So, um, where, what classifies obviously bone crew as trap metal and, what would you, you classify Attila as? Um, I mean, it's not trap metal because there's. Do you guys produ- like? Do you guys use production in your songs? As far as like that would be the big. Stuff, that or? would be the big difference. Every Bone Crew song has like trap beats in it, samples like trap hi hats. Like, like every who's, who's who's are you guys recording it all like within an office uh, studio or do you have like a band or is it all just like? I have um, a few different outside producers that I use. But I, I'm very involved with the project and, you know, I'm the one kind of like orchestrating the show, so to speak. DJ Khaled. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, so. I get you. But yeah, no, I would say the difference is, you know, Bone Crew is the structure of the song is based like a rap song and it's very, you know, based like a rap song, whereas an Attila song is, you know, maybe there are parts of an Attila song that would have a trap hi-hat in it or a sample but attila essentially is like i don't full know band a full a full band at all times how does the recording pro- i mean not the recording sorry the writing process for you guys as attila like how do you guys go about doing that is it something that someone works on something collective um, not collectively but by themselves or do you guys do it collectively or do you guys get in a room and you're like oh that riff works let's kind of work that riff out and do you write lyrics like on the spot or do you have to you know, like me personally, I can't do on the spot. I have to do like at a later time when the yeah. song's completed for the most part, I might be like, I might be able to like say, Hey, don't do that here. Like DJ Khaled type thing. But <laughs> other than that, like, uh, I'm not really good on the fly. So how do you guys go about like creating your albums and, and you know, your songs and you know, like how do you navigate what sound that you want to approach for that album? Like your, your latest one is a little heavier than yeah. like your first one. So mm-hmm. not a little, a lot. So <laughs> I would say that the way we write is like a collective con- conglomeration of all of the above. Like sometimes 
I will bring something to the table and we'll base a song off of whatever I'm bringing. Sometimes it's Kalen and sometimes it's Chris. So me, my guitarist, and my bass players, my bass player are the three primary writers for Attila. And we've written every single way imaginable. You know, sometimes Kalen will have the idea initially. Sometimes it'll be Chris. Sometimes it'll be me. And sometimes we're all three together working on it. And sometimes we say, hey, it would be nice to have like a fresh ear and a fresh perspective. So let's save room to write one song in the studio with the producer. And that is usually a really fun thing to do, too, because you say, look, you know, you know, Attila, you know us. We're going to start writing right here and then you can pitch in. You can have like input because we're very open minded. You know, we're not stingy. We're not fucking, you know my way or the highway type people it's really nice and refreshing as a musician to have additional input when you're writing and I fully welcome it especially being that you know I think Attila has like you know 90 fucking songs or something you know maybe more so it's just like it's refreshing to have new minds working with you so occasionally we'll we'll work with other people but for the most part like for this new album I would say you know 95% of it is just us together working, whether it's me with the idea or Kaylin or Chris, and we just come together. How did you... Go ahead. Sorry. Go Alex. Sorry. Go Alex. (laughs) No, I was just going to ask to those guys, uh, you know, how do they feel about... You've obviously got a ton of shit going on. Um, How do they feel when you sort of put Attila aside and you're off doing other things? Is that like a a point of contention for them? You know, I feel like you're the face of Attila um, mm-hmm. any way you slice it. You're kind of like the uh, Adam Levine of Maroon 5. Um, <laughs> cool. So when, so when Adam Levine's like off doing his shit, the other guys in Maroon 5, are, I don't know what they're doing. They're sitting around saying, damn, when's Adam, when's Adam coming back? Well, yeah, they're, they're collecting royalties. <laughs> no, sure. that's a funny question. But, um, yeah, I'll just be completely honest with you. I think that, you know, in the it's past. It's hard to juggle that shit, too. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. Fine. No, I'll just be 100% honest. That's like my new policy like in life, just be honest about everything. So in the past, there was, you know, maybe a little bit of tension in the air about me, you know, doing so many different projects on the side and like working on other things. But in all honesty, the past year to two years, me and my band have grown closer than we've ever been before. Our relationship is the best it's ever been, like closer than family type shit so everything has been really really good and we're getting to a point to where all of us are rather than you know being mad about our separate projects because every single one of us does other shit now like chris lives in downtown atlanta and he's producing like some of the sickest like rap beats ever and working with some big names and he's starting to expand into that and i support him for that um Kalen is going to be recording full time and I support him with that because he's really good at recording and he records a whole lot of Attila music too and I think that he's going to become a big producer and kill it with that and I'm doing my own thing and it's just like for example you know I've got a record label now and we're growing we're growing fucking huge like especially over the past year and rather than having you know <laughs> he dipped but it's fine I can talk I could talk forever. keep going rather than you know having our differences we want to just keep everything in the family so you know we had a band on the label that you know lost a member and needed some help writing a few songs for their full length so 
we hired Kalen, my bass player, to write a few songs and he got paid to help, you know, participate. So it's just getting to a point to where we're all of Attila is just so fucking close. And rather than, you know, being mad about outside ventures or anything I'm doing, it's more of just like right. a, a, a team effort, like a family thing. We're all supportive of everyone's outside ventures. We're all doing really well. Everyone has, you know, fucking paid off houses and shit. Like we're, we're fine. Like we just want to see each other thrive. Like everyone wants to see each other do well. And the morale and the spirit between Attila is better if we're all just Winning. working together and helping each other. So it's a very like that's cool symbiotic relationship and it's becoming really, really good. So things are better than it's ever been. So um, everyone has paid off houses. Is that kind of like uh, that leads us to our next thing? Your Twitter handle or your Twitter name at least is Metalcore Millionaire. Um, is that like a play on words or are we talking I should, no one's asking for bank statements yeah but. no one's asking for <laughs> bank statements but i'll just give you like the rundown on the way like net worth works <laughs> no one in their no one in their right mind would have a million dollars in the bank because the interest rates you get on money that's sitting around does absolutely shit. jack shit for you so listen up kids your your net worth yeah if you have money you need to be investing it and you need to have a really really diverse portfolio you know, it doesn't mean like drop a shitload of money into like Apple stock. Like don't do any stupid shit like that. You know, get a financial advisor, have them tell you, you know, coach you on doing the right moves and have a diversified portfolio. And I've been investing forever, but, um, you know, the whole metal core millionaire thing. Yeah. I mean, I know it's flashy and it's douchey, but I, it's just kind of like who I am. You know, if you know me, you know, I'm a down-to-earth person, like I'm humble, I'll talk to anyone, I respect everybody, whether you're the homeless dude or a fucking, you know, someone way more successful for me than me, I don't really give a shit, like, everyone's the same, the whole metal how many, what? how many cars you got now? <laughs> um, just speaking of investments, <laughs> only, I haven't, I haven't seen any updates, only, so. only, uh, only three cars, got the Range Rover SVR, which is like the racing Range Rover with like race seats, it's the best Range Rover you can get in the world, um, I have the Lamborghini Huracan, which is like my prized possession, that's like, I call, I call it my anti-drug, because when I hop in that car, it's so fucking loud, it shakes the house, it's got like 666 horsepower, and it's just the biggest adrenaline rush of my life. So when you hop in that car, like, I'll be going to get coffee, and I don't even need coffee anymore. I'm just wide awake <laughs> and stoked as shit. So it's just, like, good for everything. Yeah. And then, um, That's the same vibe, I, same vibe I get from my 2015 Buick. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my daily driver is just, a, like, a BMW 428i Grand Coupe. A Lam- I, the Lam- Lambo's not the daily driver? Um, it was for a while until, um, uh, that's not safe to take it, out. It started just shaking my brain to oblivion. Cause it's mm. just like so fucking loud. But now I just have like a, like a nice new, like BMW four door all murdered out as my daily driver. And, um, I, before that I had the BMW i8, which is like the craziest BMW with the flip up doors and shit. I loved it. It was a good car, but, um, I just, uh, wanted to be more responsible, get a four door car. I'm getting old, I guess. You said and you had kids, so you can't really yeah. put kids in a Lambo either. Yeah, exactly. Tricked out minivan. It might not be fun. Dude, someone in my neighborhood has a tricked out minivan. Like, it's fully murdered out. Like, not a single piece of, like, chrome trim. It's 
brand new, like murdered out from the top to bottom. And it actually looks fucking cool. Like, not going to lie. Probably not going to get a minivan ever, but they did it hey. right. I mean, minivans are pretty freaking practical, I'll say. Yeah, I'm a, Super I'm a big practical. Van. I'm a van guy, too, because, I mean, I loved it it's when great. I, we were touring in the band. You know, you basically live at that motherfucker. And uh, that's long before people are, like, or, that I found out, people are living in their vans and traveling the country. Yeah. You know, you get, like, six, eight dudes in a van, you were already doing that anyway. Because, <laughs> again, you don't make money uh, in metalcore or anything like that. It's basically, like, no. playing shows, <laughs> playing shows, branding outside of music and all that shit is how you make money. Oh, yeah. Which, which I remember when I, uh, when I interviewed you a few years ago, you know, I was kind of looking around online, um, you know, cause people were like, this dude can't make this much money with Attila and, you know, obviously you've got all kinds of other shit going on, but I, I stumbled upon something and they're like, yo, the only reason that guy has money is cause he won a lawsuit for <laughs> eating bad, bad seafood or something. I can't remember what the, is, the, is there any truth to that? Was there a seafood mm. lawsuit or something? So there's like 1% of truth to that. So when I was on tour a long, long, long time ago, stopped in New Orleans, went to a sushi spot, and I got um, a spicy tuna roll, still one of my favorite <laughs> rolls to get. No, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> yeah. And then um, basically the next day I fell like deathly ill, and I was just like, okay, like it's because I've been drinking too much. Like maybe my liver exploded or some shit. Like who knows? It's like, I'm fucked though. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stop drinking, see if I feel better. Day goes by. I feel like shit. Day goes by. I feel like shit. I'm just permanently feeling like shit, pissing out my ass, like just worst, worst feeling of my life. So I go to the hospital. They falsely diagnose me with like a stomach infection or some shit, which wasn't true. And then I basically did a whole entire tour, like a full month long, deathly ill with salmonella without oh. knowing it and then um someone happened to like tweet me or something and be like hey you know you're sick still blah 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 maybe you have like salmonella like there was a crazy outbreak from some like tuna factory and then it just all clicked like holy shit the day before i got sick i ate a spicy tuna like raw tuna mm -hmm. and then there's this crazy fucking tuna outbreak so um yeah, like I went back to the hospital. They were like, yeah, you actually have salmonella. Gave me the proper medication for it because I was literally on the brink of death. Like salmonella will fucking kill you. And I was like, yeah. I was, I was no almost joke. there. And I was just like, whatever, I guess I'm going to die. Like this is chill. But uh, I finally got the right medication. My salmonella went away. And then I dove into like the lawsuit process. And I found like the best food lawyers or whatever to try to figure it out blah 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 they liked my story because they're like hey you know the way they the way like lawyers and all that shit rolls it was interesting to figure out but they're like hey do you mind if we put you on um msnbc and nbc news <laughs> and abc news and this and that and have all these interviewers come because it's going to help your case i was like sure whatever well, it'll help my band too so go ahead and, uh, <laughs> yeah it'll help my band so next thing you know like yeah. i'm on the front fucking cover of like msnbc or some shit like heavy metal singer gets slammed with salmonella sushi. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like this is getting big time. Like this is getting crazy. And then yeah, blah, 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 blah. Eventually there was like a settlement, but I mean, I can tell you, I don't, am I legally allowed to tell the amount? 
It wasn't. It wasn't that much. Put it this way, like it wasn't wasn't twenty million dollars. No, dude. <laughs> the the amount of money I got wouldn't even buy me a car. So it's like not. It's not like that shit that I got didn't buy me a house. Trust me, it didn't right. buy me like some luxury life. Like the amount that I got wouldn't even buy me a car. Straight. So up. the Franz the Franz fortune isn't um, you know built upon a spicy yeah. tuna roll. What, no, not at all. And granted, like. The amount that I had had gotten, like, yeah, it's not enough to, like, fucking ball out and buy a car or buy a house or whatever, but it was during a time when I was extremely, extremely poor. So, if anything, it bought me, like, a little bit of time to focus more on my music and my passion, but that's cool. absolutely a speck in the dust of, like, what I've actually created, and so I can finish the topic, though, while I remember the whole, like, Metalcore Millionaire thing, the whole net worth thing what people don't realize is your net worth isn't based upon how much you have in the bank. Your net worth is the worth of all of your liquid assets, all of the equity in your home or houses. Like I have two houses right now. It's um, also has to do with the value of the companies that you own. Yeah, your businesses. So me being the full owner of stay sick clothing, me being the partner of stay sick recordings, me being a one-third owner of Attila Music LLC, like all of these things combined create a multi-million dollar net worth. And that's just like the, it doesn't mean that, you know, for people that don't understand, it doesn't mean that there's a million in the bank. It doesn't mean that there's multi-millions in the bank. It just means that my actual like value of everything that I'm involved in and everything that I legally own is in that range. Understood. So yeah. if, you, if, you hey, I, to, if you wanted to, you could go to Atlanta and just with a, with a singles, like a, a money cannon, just... <laughs> yeah, just start throwing like hundreds that, you know, in the crowd. <laughs> no, but I'm I also... I got the same I'm, problem, man. I, I own Lamgoat LLC, and uh, I'm a Metalcore $20 air, I think, <laughs> something like that. The, yeah, 100 air? Lamgoat's a multi-million Probably dollar not. company, dude. Come on. It's the biggest website in metal. I love you guys. Not well, not, but I appreciate that. I wish it, I wish we were the biggest, but we're, we're probably there. the... We're getting there. The no, best, the best comment talk. section. <laughs> oh, my God. The you best. don't know how much heat I take for that shit. Oh, man. If, course, if yeah. everybody... I've heard from so many musicians, like... Um, in fact, I someone... I won't name the band because he asked me not to, but he asked me... You know, it's a pretty big band on Epitaph, and he asked me not to post about him anymore because he couldn't... He admitted, he's like, I can't not read the comments. He can't see, and it gives me so much heat. anxiety. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it gives me so much anxiety when I see a news item on my band because I know I'm going to go in there and it's going to be like people shitting all over me. Yeah, you can't so, read really yeah. comments a lot of, these days are out there. I love it. My it's entertaining, but a lot of people definitely hate the comments. It's hard to, oh, I love it's, it. hard, it's hard to, count, uh, to decipher, I mean, like, you know, to put like the negative ones aside and to not care about them and only like the positive ones because even though the negative ones are probably just straight up trolling you or, or you know trying to get their their comment to have the most likes or whatever the fuck else they're they're, they're out there doing you know even if they're not because a lot of people will like i'm sure you probably get trashed on on online and then you may run into the same person on, in in person they're like oh you know i was just fucking around you know blah 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 oh yeah the same people that trash me online are the same people like chasing me down the street for a photo yeah it's fine clout clout. i get it like i fucking get it like i've seen i've seen your social media groupies man you must have like 
you must have so many freaking women hitting you up all the time. That's got to be kind of. Are you? I don't even know. Are you single these days? Yeah, yeah, I've been single. For I'm a not year. asking for myself. I'm just curious. <laughs> you interested, dude? <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> Swipe right, bro. No, I've been single. Because you know, like, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, but like that band Capsize. Oh yeah, know uh, all about. Who was on e- Equal Vision Records? Yeah, so. All right. I mean, me... I'm sure. Like, to, to make it serious, you've had. You have. That's like something you really got to fucking watch out for. Yeah, of course. And a like, person in your position. And this is something interesting to talk about because now I have like a platform to talk about this shit. And I'm just going to say this. Like, I don't fucking understand how like these band dudes get involved in like just stupid fucking situations. Like, if you're in a band, there are so many girls that do want to have real consensual sex with you and they want <laughs> to hook up with you. Like, just be fucking cool be respectful of women be nice and you can just have like good normal sex like you don't need to be fucking a creep creepy or weird or like forceful in those situations there's like i don't know i just i can't fucking relate to that shit man it's, it's i tough. guess they would they would say they would say like well it was consensual and then six months later she turned around and said it wasn't you know that, that all the comments now are yeah. like well i guess i'm gonna have to sign you know, get her to sign a fucking paper before we yeah. do it. You better hope she has her ID uh, and uh, the contract in the picture. Yeah. Take a picture of no, her. No, it sucks thinking about that too. Because I mean, <laughs> I'm 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 sure that that shit happens. Where like, you know, not discrediting anyone, but I'm sure at the time it is consensual and fun. And then maybe like one day down the road, they're like, "Yo, like fuck that dude" or whatever. You know, he didn't text me back. Like fuck him. Like I'm gonna blast him and it, it yeah. sucks like you de- you have to be careful you have to be smart man it's not you know it's not the same no more yeah and i don't want to minimize and make light of it but obviously there are a lot of shitty dudes out there who do um take Many. advantage of that 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 of course that, man um position and and take advantage of women when they're you know vulnerable or whatever so oh, of course i'm man. sure there's shit on both sides of the coin there but i just every time i see your you're, uh, you know, you post a tweet and there's like 18, you know, girls like um, hitting you up with basically throwing themselves at you. I'm like, man, I don't know how Franz navigates the water of, <laughs> of uh, this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's. You it's should have like the 20 kids. What'd you say? I should have 20 kids. I say, I, yeah, I might. I don't know. They might be in different countries. You know what I'm saying? I might have like a little German baby or something. Who knows? You have to change your phone number now and then too, so they can all contact you all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's 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 difficult, man. But the biggest thing is just like be fucking smart, be respectful, like be don't you know don't just don't be fucking weird, man. Like it's not it's not hard to have like cool relationships with women and without being fucking creepy, man. Yeah. I just I don't yeah. know. I I don't understand and. You know, people probably expect like Attila to be that that band, but we're just—that's not us, dude. Like, we're we have girls we know that are just cool as shit, like homies. They just want to hang out and party, and it's all chill. It could also just be the stigma, you know. Like, I was having a big conversation with my band about this today, but maybe, you know, I think a lot of these bands and artists that have like creepy shit go down, like they're writing this like super super deeply emotional you know, music that maybe, you know, these girls become huge fans because of the lyrics, like super emotional to them. And they, maybe these girls want to hang out with the artists just because they like 
feel the lyrics or this and that and the artist is just like shit i've been in a bus for like fucking weeks and i'm like horny but they're not realizing that like yo like this girl is not hanging out with you because she wants to have sex with you she's like just genuinely into your music so don't be creepy that also ruins the yeah. whole like person's persona of you in general and like, yeah. could affect you in a negative way and then you know i think about so. attila and it's like dude like i literally sing about sex partying like alcohol yeah, that's drugs. true i think you're right so, it's, it's like it's emo and post-hardcore bands that this exactly. shit happens to not, 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 not honest not metalcore bands exactly so it's like i don't <laughs> think girls are coming to hang out with attila because you know they're like crying in their bedroom to our music over their like breakup <laughs> or over their boyfriend and like they come to hang out with us because they know what the fuck it is. Like we're fun. Like we're fun as fuck to hang out with. We party. It's a good time. Like it's, you know, and as much as people want to believe that we're like really like shitty to people or misogynistic, like we respect the shit out of women and any woman that hangs out with us has a great time and has nothing but like good shit to say. So it's just, it is what it is, man. Like we, we love women, treat them good. And then you don't have to worry about dumb shit like that. Don't be a dumbass. Just be cool. That's it. Simple. So yeah. piggybacking off of that, um, Attila respects women. How do you feel about uh, someone who you've toured with in the past? You've toured with this band in the past, Azalea Dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, that's the big thing now is uh, Tim is yeah. you know, back in Azalea Dying and they're, they're touring. Now they're going to be touring America. Um, do you have any personal thoughts on that or like, you know, does, does it bother you? He's back into the scene. Does it bother you that he got married again? Does it bother you? Should that Tim Lambesis have a career in music? That's yeah. like mm. the, the, the million dollar question. Yeah. And I, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll say from my standpoint of view, point of view, like I don't give a fuck if people want to support him and go to the shows then that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I don't. He's probably not a good guy. I don't really know him. But, I mean, by the same token, we have politicians who are dirtbags. We have religious leaders who are dirtbags. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me, yeah. of all the shit you can get pissed off about, it, it fucking sticks in your craw that some metalcore dude is out <laughs> touring again. Right. I, I, I mean, say he that tits, too. Feel that he right? tits, though, too. I would I would probably fully side with you and I'm not a very, you know, controversial like one side of the fence dude, so I would side with you and say who really gives a fuck? Um, you know, at the time of the shit going down, I actually did the very last tour with Tim Lambesis. Yeah, it, it was, was like 2012 um, or some shit yeah, right beforehand. It was the uh Monster Outbreak tour with Asking Alexandria and Azalea Dying and my band was on it. Um and or it might have been right before that. no it was that tour it was that tour so i toured with tim i hung out with him um i mean it was kind of obvious that homeboy was on you know steroids and using that shit and i know that that shit heavily heavily alters your brain and your mental way of thinking and your oh. testosterone and your rage so you know what could have been like your normal everyday relationship flaws with a woman could have in his brain due to the chemicals he was taking turned into like next level yeah just next level not justifying that it's right but you know him you could see how it happened i can see how it happened yes definitely not right definitely not justified definitely super fucking fucked up but guess what that's why you go to prison you serve your sentence you do your time 
you become clean. Maybe you read some fucking books, you learn from your mistakes and you come out of it and hopefully become a bigger, better person. I'm not perfect. I've fucked up a whole shitload in life. And I can say that I, every time I fuck up, I become better and I would hope the same for him. So, you know, I get it. Seems like he's, seems like he's out there trying to do positive stuff. So, I mean, exactly. I'd rather, if if he's going to make the world a better place than him sitting in a fucking jail cell somewhere doing nothing, then, you know, I'm not going to sleep over that. What's going to be the same, what's going to be the chances of him doing that shit again? Like zero, duh. Like he's not going to do that shit again. That'd be fucking stupid dude well, like hopefully for him he's not doing steroids again either yeah so. <laughs> and hopefully he's not doing steroids but i don't i don't know him on steroids a personal level i don't know him on a personal level but from what i do know of him and touring with him you know i do think deep down in he's a nice dude and just made some really fucking bad choices so i don't know i don't personally give a fuck if you go to, go to his tour support him or you don't fuck with him at all whatever I don't care. Yeah, I'm not losing sleep over it. I think that's to each his own for sure. I mean, a lot of people uh, didn't even remember that he had gotten arrested or went to jail in general. So, um, I, I mean, as far as your, like, basic fan, I, I think a lot of people f- completely forgot. So, yeah, that that's that. But um, Not everybody reads Lamgoat, you know. That's true. Yeah, especially the comments section. Who the fuck wouldn't <laughs> read Lamgoat? It's amazing. Fuck that. <laughs> So speaking of like, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. No, no, you are on the song. Take it. Um, we're getting into like not things outside of Attila and other bands and stuff like that. I, my, I'm curious because uh, Immure is a band that I also kind of yeah. get into every now and then. You and Frankie have had some beef over the years. Uh, I don't know if you want to touch on that or if that's something that's under the rug or is it still rampant or. I don't even know. Like that dude is not even like on my radar. Like I don't keep up with him or see anything that that dude says personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that Frankie does is totally irrelevant to my life. I have always been uh, a fan, you could say, of Amir's music, and I've always loved them. Especially, no offense to the new lineup, but I was really close with all the members in the band in the old lineup. It's just like, long story short when you go on tour with people and you're spending eight weeks with them, like in the same room, there's people that are genuinely good people that you get along with and have good conversations with. And you, they're just real fucking people. And then there's really, really shitty, weird, disrespectful, fucked up people. And that was Frankie. And of course, (laughs) no, seriously, straight up. And of course on the internet, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever he has, I don't know, I don't see it or care. I'm sure he's like a fucking angel to people because that's his fans, this and that. But it's different when you actually know people in real life and you're on tour with them and he fucking sucks. He's just not good. He's just not a good human. And I don't care. I'm not afraid to say it. There's nothing more to say beyond that. It's just some people are good and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. I respect everyone. I don't care if you're the fucking light guy, the drum tech whatever we're all on this tour together i like everybody him it was just so what about uh it was just not fucking cool dude that's all there is to say i'm close with every member of that band past and present him fucking weird dude it's crazy (laughs) not just not fucking (laughs) cool man fixable or is it something that because i mean you guys for him i think it's a mental issue with you 
No, just with himself. Okay, okay. I don't know if he had he's, an issue with you. <laughs> no, the dude's just not there. Because it seems like you guys, I don't want to call you guys like similar bands, but you guys probably have a lot of the same fans because it seems like you're in a heavier... Because um, I, I put you guys like that, that kind of breakdown and that heavy kind of... Yeah. I don't want to call it gent, but it's kind of along those same lines. It's mm-hmm. just you guys seem to be in the forefront of that kind of genre so i didn't know if you know if that's fixable and you guys yeah. both take over the world or i mean since we've me and him have never got along but still like we did um i don't know maybe the sick tour or something and we brought him here on the tour with us with their new lineup you know and it wasn't a big deal like i wasn't interacting with the dude or hanging out with him or anything like that but i didn't care like i'll fucking i'll fucking tour with him here i don't care like i'm keeping it real speaking the truth that's who i am i'm always just gonna say whatever the fuck i want but i don't care i'll tour with them here i listen to their new album it's good it's not i can i can separate i can separate music from like personality like you could be the worst person in the world and i can still like your music like i don't care if i like the music i like the music i like amir i like their music i just don't like him as a person and that's well no i was gonna say i don't have to be his friend if Amir can tour with the Casey Strain, you know, after all that shit went down, then then there's <laughs> yeah. still hope for an Attila Amir tour. Yeah, of course. What about what about an what about an Attila Senses Fail tour? Hell fucking no, dude. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Outside of the genre, the biggest ending, gripe, what, what yeah. would be the issue? What would like what would be the benefit? Like, Dog is fucking with <laughs> no, 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 no. You, yeah, you have- fuck that. Since all that Buddy and Fran stuff came to the surface last week. Oh, no, it's just, fill everybody again, in. It's fill just everybody funny in for that, shit. just in case they don't know. Just well, I, you know, Lambgoat <laughs> didn't post about it because I was like, fuck this. I don't feel yeah. like dealing with it again. But I saw some of my, my um, oh, you know, AP, peers did. AP ate it up. Yeah, AP ate it up because AP. Yeah. TMZ. A, a, yeah. Oh, God, TMZ. Yeah, right. They no. are the TMZ for the hardcore. You yeah, because kind of they're stuff. more concerned with gossip than real metal news. Like, Lambgoat is like real news. AP is just well, like, yo, some, this gossip is going to get so many hits on the site because it's Franz talking shit again. Like, <laughs> But that's what people want. Like, people, like, dude, the other day on stage, me and my guitarist staged that we were, like, in a fight. Like, not like, it was, you could tell it was kind of joking, but we, like, threw our instruments and shit. Like, we were going to beat the shit out of each other. And guess what? 500 people pulled their phones out and started cheering <laughs> for me to fight my guitarist. Like we're best friends. We're not going to fight, but it just goes to prove like, cool. Guess what? You can release new music and like this many people will care, or you can stage a fucking fight or like talk shit to people on the internet. And this many people yeah, will care. More like people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more people 2019. Are, dude. Yeah. That's, it just is what it is, man. Which people. reminds me the whole fighting on stage thing. Anything ever come of that whole security guard, Thing. you've probably seen the videos that were posted uh, of you yeah. um you know punching that dude was there any legal fallout like what what whatever became of that thing i don't know if i can go into detail but i'm just gonna say yes there are issues that are currently being resolved and yeah will fuck. it affect the i'm just gonna say name? fuck will it, will it no, no, no. okay okay just make it sure it's not gonna affect anything uh thank satan for insurance um all right yeah you'll you'll still be a metalcore millionaire (laughs) yeah i'm still gucci um we gucci out here but yeah play on words you know if you you know what he's talking about 
but yeah, not, not, um, not the wisest move that night, definitely acting out of, you know, extreme anger and emotion, but guess what? I don't fuck with that shit. If you're a security guard and you punch my fans, if you choke my fans, if you slam them into the ground, like my fans aren't fucking 30 year old bodybuilders. Like my fans are 17, 18, 19, like skinny little, like 90 pound motherfuckers. And if they want to crowd surf to the front, because I literally just told them on the mic during this song, crowd surf to the front. And then you punch them and choke them and hit them and slam them to the ground. Guess what? I'm going to fucking punch you every time. I'm going to, if you don't stop and you keep doing it, if I get it, like if someone's acting a fucking fool and hitting people in the crowd and like harming the experience for the other concert goers, yeah, fucking choke that dude out, take him out. Like he's acting a fool. But if a, you know, 90 pound girl is crowd surfing and you slam her to the ground, we're going to punch you. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're going to do it because you're a piece of shit. Like, don't do that to people. Let them enjoy the experience. Well, it's a rock show. Like, anybody, anybody who's been to a show knows that there's, you know, fine, there's some good security guards out there, but oh, there are a lot so of many good gorillas. There's gorillas so many good that, ones. like, they, they live for that shit. They want to, you know, the bad ones that they're 250 pounds, they're six foot four, and they, they take joy in throwing around an 18 year old kid because that's, I guess, how they get that the kicks because they never made it to the NFL or whatever. That's literally what it was. Like, I don't know if these dudes just weren't listening to what I was saying, if they just had no idea what kind of show this was. But you could tell, I could look into their eyes and tell that these dudes were aggro as fuck, (laughs) wanting to punch people, hurt people, choke people for no fucking reason. And I was going to wait till the end of the song and address the issue over the mic. But then I saw my bass player throw his bass at one of them. And I said, fuck no, show's over. This is about to get dirty. And shit popped off. Blah, 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 blah. ABC News, this and that. Fucking Attila, blah, 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 blah. I fucking, the cops were running after me. Um, there's no Christ. there's no such thing as bad publicity. No, though, there so, isn't. You know? And it was good. And it's not like we're bad people. We don't want to fight anyone. We don't want to hurt or punch anyone ever. It's just a matter of you physically assaulted our fans like these are our pride and joy these people are the reason we're here 15 years later they're you know paying our fucking bills like don't fucking hurt them like god damn it it's not that serious you don't have to fucking choke people and punch them and hurt them it's not like that like i don't know the whole situation was just way out of hand blah 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 blah. we're in vegas we like ran away from the venue and of we, all places we, we fucking we fucking ubered to california and well, I hope it all works out. Maybe get those those spicy tuna roll lawyers like <laughs> on your side, and shit will go down. <laughs> uh, I think it's it's just gonna get settled. But I, dude, the whole thing is just like fucking bullshit, man. Like it's a it, headache you don't need. It's a headache and like lesson learned. Like hey, like even if I'm really mad about something and I should stick up for my fans, maybe handle it a little differently. Cut the song and just like physically talk in the mic to the people versus like versus throwing hands it's hard because you're obviously going to be caught up in the moment you have the moment adrenaline adrenaline going on and then that that adrenaline just tacks on to some other shit and again people are just aggro in general and that guy probably had no idea who the fuck attila was and he had Mm -hmm. no idea what the fuck the night was going to bring and then he's out there working for x amount of dollars an hour and then his shit is like you know your your shows are crazy so he probably just wasn't aware of what was going to happen and yeah next thing you know Bing, bang, boom. Exactly. 
I want to be uh, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got you got a gig tonight. Yeah, um, got to perform I just want, a bit, but we're good. I just want to ask you about. I want to bring up a couple bands. Just you know, off the cuff, like give me your thoughts on them. Let's um, do it like a like a, like a lightning round. You know, like yeah, fire. yeah. No time to think. The, the ghost inside. Absolutely love those dudes. Attila and the Ghost Inside are really, really close. Kalen, my bass player, was in for the Fallen Dreams with Andrew. Nice. And um, but every single one of them, we've, you know, Jonathan, fucking, every one of them, we're we've always been really close with. We did quite a few tours together. We did Warp Tour together, and those were always the homies. They'd be on our bus, we'd be rolling dice, playing CeeLo, drinking whiskey, like whatever. And um, CeeLo Green. <laughs> no, throwing, okay. throwing CeeLo, rolling dice, and like <laughs> betting money, being yeah. being delinquent. CeeLo, that's 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 tour gambling, man. Oh, Terror yeah. used to be into that shit. Tour gambling, yeah, and they would always take all my fucking money. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, those dudes are are really close of ours, and I've always loved their music. And when I heard about the crash, it literally devastated us. It was heartbreaking yeah i'm sure that that hits home too it hits home man we travel in the same fucking bus we do the same fucking thing and it just kind of uh was a scary eye-opener of like dude we're not invincible you know you think you're invincible in a bus because it's giant but guess what like you're not super unsafe you're not you know but you know the worst possible thing that could have happened happened to them you know they got into a head-on wreck with an 18 wheeler which is like Devastating. In its own, just, yeah, scary as just shit. Just devastating, but super, super happy to hear about their, you know, show coming up, their final, yeah. not their final, but their, like, big debut back, and I know they're working on music, and, you know, Andrew, they all got really fucked up from that accident, but obviously Andrew lost a leg, which is life-changing, especially yeah, as a drummer. To, yeah, he's learning to use it again. But his dad has been super supportive and built him a device so that he can still play drums, like a device that attaches to the remaining yeah. part of his leg and allows him to still play drums. And knowing... The Andrew, shit I heard, he's, he's playing pretty fucking awesome. Hey, oh, Def Leppard Leopard kept going for years and years and years. They're still yeah. Going, yeah, but so, that... Andrew, Def Leppard has a little different. Like, a little different. Like, yeah, yeah. This is metalcore, man. This but is, this uh, is but seriously, that play. that thing his dad helped him with, like the YouTube it's videos awesome, out man. there. Like he, I wouldn't notice the difference. You know, exactly. I wouldn't be like, oh, that dude's playing. No one's one going to notice a difference know. in his performance. And I know, like, this sounds crazy to say or whatever, but knowing Andrew, like, he is. If if that shit were to happen to anyone. No one in the world would handle something as devastating as that as good as Andrew can because he is like one of the just best, most positive human beings in the world. Like his he's just hilarious at all times. His jokes, his spirit, his energy is just overwhelmingly positive. So it's kind of like I really wish it didn't happen to him. But he's like the one person that can actually overcome from that and be like, oh, yeah, I lost a leg. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Like, I'm still going to play drums. I'm still going to fucking kill this shit. Like, he's just overwhelmingly positive and really happy to see them back. It sucks that he didn't play like guitar or something like that, that it wouldn't <laughs> have impeded him as much. But yeah. That... Nah, he's still going to kill it, dude. <laughs> he's, I it's mean, fine. I, I think they've been, I think they uh, definitely will. I mean, the covers they've had in the last couple of years outside of the accident, most of it's been about 
you know, the drummers come back to like playing music again. And I mean, I, when I originally saw the video that him and his dad made the first mm-hmm. one, I was like, holy shit, you know, because that's just that's just crazy in general. Because yeah, it's hard enough to play drums, you know, with two legs. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's all impressive. All right, cool. Thanks. How about um, bring me the horizon? Oh, good one. Um, honestly, I really love the new album. It's, you know, <laughs> that could right. have been that could have been some of those songs could have been the Limp Biscuit songs. Yeah. So I, you know, obviously they have progressed so much from a band that was like equally as heavy as Attila, kind of deathcore ish, to now what is a band that like radio. I don't rock, even kind of. know what to call it now, which is kind of cool. Um, but I think the songs are all. I'm just a musician, so I respect everything from a very, like, general perspective. So I think the songs are all really well written. I think they're really catchy. And I gave the album a fair listen. I liked it, and I still continuously listen to the new album. I'm not super close with any of the dudes in the bands, but we've always been acquaintances, and I just like them. I like them. I like their new album. I think it's good. My biggest question, (laughs) and this is, like, just me being, like, transparent as shit, but, like, Songs, for example, like the intro track, I Apologize If You Feel Something, or Nihilist Blues, where there's like quite literally like no band, no guitar, no bass. I just wonder personally what the band does during those songs. Like, do you still have your guitar hanging on you, you but you're not touching it? Do you walk off and like chug a beer real quick? Do you like. Yeah, that's that's like smoke break time or something. Yeah, do you still get a different guitar and a different tune? Yeah, do you change outfits do you go pick up like a keyboard or something no i'm just being like genuinely curious like those the things like change outfits that that's something that they're to the ability to where yeah they probably have costume changes or they could have costume yeah dude even attila's done that in shows where we had like a wardrobe change mid-set like you know it's it's (laughs) you can do it like fucking hell yeah but intermission bro that's that's just my big question with the new music is like i don't know i guess we'll have to see i know i would i would love to see them live because they're you know or maybe they won't play those tunes no maybe it's too awkward they they definitely they definitely will play set list and no, I'm sure everything is fucking incredible live. They've always been great live. I, you know, we toured with well, the Tour. Well, I guess he just he's got screwed up vocal cords. So yeah, we'll see the, uh, they're scheduled happens. to play here in May. I don't know if they will, but if they do, we should we should definitely have them on. I'll roll out, baby. Well, they're they're a hard get, but um, okay, cool. How about um, every time I die? Ooh, fucking love them. Every Time I Die was one of the biggest inspirations for Attila in the early days. Always loved that band. And then I'll never forget Warped 2015, I believe, where we toured with Every Time I Die and we actually got to become like best friends with them. Like actual party together, every night status, on each other's bus. Like, the squad on that Warp Tour sounds fucking crazy. Like, unbe- like not believable. But the, the click on that Warp Tour was Attila, Every Time I Die, and Terror. We're, like, the three <laughs> biggest That's homies. That's, like, a lot of party dudes. Yeah, because, like, yeah, our music is fucking different. But at the end of the day, we're all really fucking funny. We have funny, weird conversations. We like to drink. We like to dabble in other shit and we have a good fucking time together and 
no bullshit, yeah. like Attila, Every Time I Die in Terror were best friends on that Warp Tour, and it was the coolest fucking thing because I love every single one of them. Love Every Time I Die. Love all their music. Love everything they've done. Like, they're still killing it, and they've been a band, like, even a little longer than Attila has, and they're still crushing it. Yeah. It, yeah. No one can hate on Every Time I Die. They're I was fucking say, awesome. Like, when yeah. you brought them up, when Alex Great. brought them up, I was like, who's going to say anything bad about Every Time I Die? Uh, outside of, of, like, I don't like their music, maybe, but, like, that band, to me, that band is like your stereotypical like uh, band you would love to be a part of. Because even if you don't party and you're part of that band, yeah. Andy gets along very well with everybody else. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? He's so, great. Like, they're, 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 they're cool <laughs> dudes, and I would love to know them better if, if possible. But, you know, we'll see. Well, get in a band, man. I'm trying. Go on Warp Tour with them. Well, not Warp Tour. No, that's dead, I guess, but. No, they, they, anyway, they, they, do um, shows. they do Warp Tour shows now. Well, yeah, limited shows, limited shows. But um, a day to remember. Fucking love them. I literally just, not even a week ago, was playing pool and drinking with Alex, the drummer. They live here in Orlando, too, so we're homies. Like Attila, A Day yeah. to Remember. What's your favorite A Day to Remember album? I mean, I like all of their music, but if I had to pick a favorite, I would just pick Homesick just because that was when Attila started touring really heavily. And that album, Homesick, and like the concept of like being away from the people you love and like the hardships of touring resonated really deeply with me at that yeah. moment of my life. And I think the music is all excellent. So Homesick would definitely be my favorite, but That's all the music... their best produced one, but the, I mean, that, that, and their best yeah. album, I think, too, but... But no, it's cool. Like, they're fucking homies. They live in Orlando with us. We literally, like, work together on shit. Like, my guitarist was just in the studio with them recently. Like, I meet up with the drummer, and I let him listen to the new Attila album before it came out. He let he let me listen to the new A Day to Remember album that's not even out, or whatever they're working on, and it's just, like, homie <laughs> status. Like, no one would expect us to like. Be There's a new A Day to Remember but, album coming, yeah, I people. Think, I think he just spilled it because they're doing a tour, and I was thinking maybe it's the 10 year anniversary. Yeah, of I don't Homesick, know. But I mean, I already, somebody, I already tweeted that I heard the new music. I don't really know if I'm like what I'm allowed to say, but yeah, if I just yeah, spilled no, the beans, I think, I'm a piece of shit. But <laughs> <laughs> no, their their new their new music is fucking incredible. I did read something incredible. the other day. Yeah, so you're not you're okay. not all on you, man. Plus, this isn't coming out. This, this episode won't <laughs> okay. come out tomorrow, so it, they they may have new music out by the okay, time. Okay, cool, out. cool, cool. <laughs> I just will say this: the new yeah. the new a day to remember is really fucking awesome. Is I love it, it. Is it back to the old style, or is it more of like the TRL of day to remember? It's everything. It's everything, man. It's everything, and it's really fucking good. Really well written. They're love, one of those. Love those guys. They're one of the good bands that took that pop punk kind of sound and mixed it with like metalcore for the most part like because the first couple albums were were pretty good and they were different Oof. but then that homesick album came out and it was just like that 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 was a game changer in general but all next right band, next cool. band, Alex. who else white fucking chapel sick as fuck always love that band you guys ever tour with them I... dude i don't even know if we have also, side I note, feel like I'm about to piss my yo, fucking a, pants. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a bathroom. Right <laughs> here, I have to, too. So there's a bathroom right there if you want to. Right on the other Do side. Do that of graffiti door right there. You'll see Tommy Pickles, and you'll pee on the Tommy other side of Tommy Pickles. Pickles. Okay, I'm going to go piss because I'm going to piss yeah, we'll, my fucking we'll, pants. We'll, we'll edit this shit out. Do we'll wait okay. okay, be right back. Take your time. Yeah, like right there on the other <laughs> side of that wall. Yeah, I forgot. You guys are... 
Putting down the middle of the light, you gotta piss, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're you know we're having a couple beers here. Uh, I'm surprised, honestly, that we haven't grabbed the same beer because uh, I dent my can, I dent my can a little bit, you know. And uh, Franz does the same thing. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, he's keeping it on that side That's of the table. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I was gonna drink Miller Light, but. I didn't have. I was gonna any. say you should. You should have had a beer, and we could all like salute or something. I have something. But... I have like this fucking Bud Light orange shit, uh, which how... actually is kind of refreshing. How's, I must that, say. how's that working? Out I don't like though, blood, really? but it's. Uh, I don't know. I'm still alive. It's all right. Bud Light orange. That's got to be a stretch. I, I mean, I don't drink Bud Light, but. No, Bud Light sucks. But I must say the orange is. Um, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> Good. You know what's gonna be it's good? No Miller Light. What will be good is the video. <laughs> your video started out so good, but then it just became choppy. <laughs> so like most, uh, most of this interview is like your audio comes by just fine, but the your video is just. Choppy. All right, well, that's cool. I don't care about my video. I will say a couple times during the last um, bit, um, it sounded like Franz's mic was cutting out a little bit, but I don't know if that's. I think if he if he turns his head away from the microphone, it does it does cut. I couldn't tell, and I know you, it's hard for you to tell because you're sitting right there, so you're getting his voice. Yeah, and these know, headphones, these uh, headphones naturally. Suck. Yeah, these headphones suck right here. So uh, I'm probably not hearing it at best. He's probably got. He's probably hearing it better in general. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm, I got a piss here in a little bit too. Um, just FYI, we're running about uh, an hour forty. Yeah, we, yeah, we should wrap it up. Okay, just making sure you were. Yeah, you knew, no, I. Because it's flying by. Yeah, I figured it would. It's pretty good though. Pretty good interview. Yeah, no, I think there's some entertaining shit there. Yeah, I was a little. Yeah, we covered. I think we covered everything. Yeah, the whole list is done, and even then, some. Even then, some. So, I guess if you want to do one more band, and then we'll wrap it up, just to kind of like you know. Well, I, I shouldn't take. I mean, I didn't know if you had any to, that you wanted to ask him about. I don't mean to. Uh, any bands? You already. I mean, every time be I be domineering. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. I guess that's your. We'll, we'll, that's we'll your one. <laughs> well, you could ask him about Glassjaw, man. I will. <laughs> I have the shirt on. <laughs> We may edit all that out. Who knows? You never know. All right, baby. I'm back. I uh, drink a lot of beer, so I have a huge piss in me. Yeah. yeah well, hey, that's, that's hey, you, held it in, you held it in pretty long. So yeah, I just told him. Knows? I was like, right. hey, I'm lucky you, you bent first. All right. Who's, who's next on the hotline of bands? Glassjaw. Glassjaw. Wow. Such an incredible band. Um, I never dove like too, too deep into their discography, but I love that band. Amazing. Legends. Holy shit, it's raining heavy as shit right now. Is that what that, that noise is? Huh? That's it. Fuck. How about the old uh, hate breed? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Not old hate breed, I just mean the old... The, the, the legends. I don't even know what to call them. They're just, yeah, they're legendary. Legends. Hardcore, obviously. Yeah, They've fucking... They've been around for a hot second. Legends, dude. Um, Yeah, so speaking of hate breed, um, yeah, Jamie Josta is a good friend and I've done a couple of his podcasts before Dope. and um, yeah. he's, he's a cool dude to just sit down and talk to and everyone in that band is really cool um, you know that's another band yeah, that we did Warp Tour with no. where we ended up hanging out with Hatebreed a whole shitload you know Jamie Jossa tends to do his own thing like he wasn't like partying with us but the other members of Hatebreed would be regularly playing basketball with us and 
you know, partying and having a good time with us because we were the only band. We we probably are the only band that tours with the basketball hoop, you know. So like, <laughs> we're just like very. That's awesome. Yeah, we're just very inviting because like we set up, you know, for the day and we bust out a fucking basketball hoop. So other bands are like. I don't know anything about this Attila band, but holy shit, they're just shooting hoops and drinking beer. They must they must be fucking cool and we become friends with all those well, cool bands like Eight Breed. So is I remember when um No, I was just gonna say I remember when uh Lincoln Park and of Mice and Men went on tour and those dudes like went to they hit a gym or something to play basketball. That's when like Chester fucked up his ankle and they had to cancel the whole tour. Yeah, so you gotta be shit. careful, you know, on the court there. Yeah, crossing up motherfuckers real quick. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it the Hawks or the Magic? Oh man, I'm not like huge huge into sports. Although I love to like physically play them, mm. I'm not too huge into sports. But I think you I mean, think you're gonna upset people if you don't say Magic though, since y'all live in Orlando. Well, I know. Well, some like our guitarist still lives in Atlanta, so we still have a home base representing. But I, I would say Magic, man. Magic's doing really well right now, as well as I can. And I as recently well I became like friends with. <laughs> some of like the executives there and like a couple of the players I got invited to like some cool VIP oh, like, Orlando Magic party or some well, shit. Franz do it. Franz is going to the national anthem at a Magic game, right? Oh yeah, I'll scream the national anthem. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Magic up. fan, so you know if you ever need a guest to come and hang out, that's cool. Hey, uh, I might <laughs> I might have some courtside tickets soon, so We don't even have to be courtside. I, you know, I I'm, I've been <laughs> in the back of that arena many times. Sick. Um all right, final random one. Uh, okay. Post Malone, fucking sick, dude. He is so good at at everything, man. Like, look at him. He's Post Malone's excellent, man. He's grungy. He doesn't give a fuck about anything, and his music is incredible. And you know, he's actually in touch with this type of music. Like, he knows Attila. He knows all these bands. Like, he's reached out to me before he's not like a stranger he's not like he might be one of technically the biggest artists like he had the biggest selling album of 2018 and he's fucking crushing it but he's also dude that fucking better now song is on 24 fucking hours a day still all the songs from that album oh, yeah. on 24 hours a day yeah i did a i did a co- <laughs> i did a cover of that song with like the our last night boys and tillian and a few other people and now. that shit blew up man and it's really cool because um stoked i got to be a part of that but yeah i'm a i'm a big post malone fan and i, I think respect go, what he's doing i think and he I think will he's go long good. i think he'll go long it might not be as a hip-hop you can person, tell but you he's, can a, tell, he's definitely musically inclined you know he's doing something right when there are so many fucking imitators out that are trying to be oh, yeah. who he is and it's just like it's funny to me it's like I mean, I respect anyone, like, do what you're doing, but there's so many fucking, like, Post Malone imitators out right now trying to come up, and it's like, do your shit, like, if you really like it, like, go for it, but man, like, you know you do something right when you got a bunch of copycats, like, coming up after you, like, riding your coattails, but yeah, no, Post Malone is the fucking shit, and he's killing it, and I'm happy for him. So we might might get a uh, Post Malone bone crew tour maybe bone crew open Ooh, up for post malone hey yo one <laughs> hey. one could only hope man i i just like when it comes to him i know he is like accessible and i could hit him up but i never i just like there's like a fine line i don't want to be that dude like imagine how many fucking like yeah. metal dudes are like trying to hit him up for shit because they know post yep, malone yep. likes like likes, post yeah, malone yeah. legitimately likes metal like he legitimately likes you know bands like attila and shit so it's like 
I never want to be that dude, like, blowing them up. That's just yeah, I hear whack, you. you know. But, dude, I would love it. If I had any opportunity to collaborate on a song with Post Malone or tour with him or whatever it may Get be. Get him on a song. I would love it. I would be so fucking stoked. But that's, you know, that's up to him. <laughs> um, Alex, I don't know if you can hear it, but is the if it we might want to wrap it up because it's, like, pouring. Yeah, yeah. I no, know. I think I, I've covered, like... I had a few things I wanted to cover. We've covered everything. Um, right. Cool. So yeah, unless you had something, Dave, I think uh, I guess just giving you really the nothing final word else basically. to cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just final words. Give you the final word. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, making money in music is tough as shit. So kids, don't think you're gonna make money of the music. It's all everything outside of the music. But go ahead, Franz. This is your uh, yeah so hundred time hundred percent. You know, ladies and gentlemen. You know, music is definitely something that absolutely has to be driven by passion. And not everyone that does music is going to make money from it. So don't, you know, you can look to me as a role model, but don't look to me as a role model in the sense of like your fate is going to play out like mine has. I just happen to be a very like business oriented person, um, et cetera. But yeah, no, my, my final words would just be, um, you know, thanks for having me on the podcast. I enjoy talking to anybody. Thank you. And um, the new Attila album just came out yesterday. Brand new. It's called Villain. I think it's the best Attila album we ever wrote. It's very genuine. The lyrics are very genuine, everything. And it, musically, it's just a great album. So I would just hope everyone that is listening to this will listen to the brand new Attila album. And yeah, thank you so much for having me and hope everyone has a great motherfucking day. Yeah, and it is coming down hard right now. But yeah, definitely go check out Villain, stream it if you can, uh, buy it if you want to. There's a, only a limited amount out. But definitely, if you stop by and see Attila, get that merch. Like he said earlier, they get more of that money to them directly. So that's how bands really... Goddamn kinda... rain. I know, right? It's loud. So well, anyway. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Franz, Cheers. man. I really appreciate Cheers, it. Thank appreciate you so your uh, candor. Yeah, of course, man. Always good to talk. So thanks for having me. Here's my, here's my shitty fucking Bud Light orange. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, dude. All right, Alex. Well, hey, uh, we'll touch base again, and um, yeah, yeah. I'm cut it. At, at, I guess, and we'll edit everything out. Uh, that's crap, but yeah, not crap, but the bathroom break. I guess we'll <laughs> edit that. But. Sounds good. All right, all right bro. All Thanks right, I'll, I'll talk to you. Dave. Thanks again, Franz. I'll see you online, man. Of course, peace. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.